This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Oh, boy. Fresh from the driveway, shoveling out probably the most significant snowstorm of the season. Your boys Fitzy and Hart are back once again with another edition, dare I say, the latest and always greatest edition of Six Rings of Football Things. Brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Happy Combine Week, everybody. Happy men in undies. Happy ripped, just jacked, super strong men in tight clothing, jumping, running, throwing, catching, and just being physical specimens for your pleasure. We will discuss the NFL Combine, uh, what presence we expect the Patriots to have, the impact it has had in previous seasons, and what we think the Patriots will glean from it this particular year, 2023, in the back half of the pod today. We call that Pat's Paris, where we address all the news, notes, nuggets, and points of interest around Pat's Nation. Up top, we'll continue with our positional off-seasonal previews. We will address the third in the triangle of primo importance to Pat's fans, that being cornerback. Because one day, Andy, it's we need a number one wide receiver. Another day, it's we got to get a left tackle. And then the next day, it's we need a shutdown corner. I think we can all agree the Patriots need an elevation of talent at all three positions. But today we will look at the cornerback position in our off-seasonal positional preview. Real quick, just give the people right off the top here, right off the old tippity tip. What is Combine Week like for those of us who uh, live, eat, breathe, sleep Foxborough football, yet have never been to Indianapolis nor sampled the St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail? Well, there's a, um, it depends how you cover it, how you approach it, what you're looking to uh, obtain. If you're covering the actual event itself, the prospects, the uh, press conferences with the GMs, the coaches, and then the prospects themselves and the testing, that's a long, long day. If you're looking to cultivate- A lot of sound bites, a lot to transcribe, a lot of holding the microphone out, a lot yeah, of nodding. It, the yeah. bulk of it is useless. The bulk of it is garbage. Um, it's like life filler absolutely and then if you're looking to build contacts and create you know break news stories get little tidbits whispers from the assistant to the assistant gm or the third assistant wide receivers coach from an afc south team then you're out till i don't know five in the morning at the bar drinking and hanging out with everybody and so the combine is a it's a really interesting week where everybody is everywhere um, players on the street wearing their DL1 walking down, like going to get like White Castle burgers in the middle of the night and just like these random uh, things. But then also, you know, you turn around and you look behind you at Elmo's and it's like, oh, there's Sean Payton. Oh, in front of me is whoever else, the GM of this team. It's uh, and I do miss the St. Elmo's dinners and shrimp cocktails and, and everything that goes into that on a company dime because um, I did. I People make fun of me. I always enjoyed the combine. I, it's a it's a busy week. It 
but I I like Indy a little bit. It's fun. You get out. It's all football. The downtown all the time. for it's the downtown yeah. area for for fans who have never been there. I'm sure Patriots fans listening are like, I like making fun of the Colts because of finalist Banner Field. Uh, and also, I never want to say anything nice about that place because of Peyton Manning, the ones, the Foxborough frauds that you like to call us, if you will. Yes. Uh, who refuse to acknowledge any place outside of between 93, 128, and 495. There is more world out there. I hate to tell you, Kyrie Irving's earth is not flat. You will not fall off of it if you make your way towards New York, Pennsylvania, or Naptown, as they call it. In terms of just like zipping in for a weekend, downtown Indianapolis is a professional sports fan's paradise. You have bars, breweries, burger places. Uh, the stadium, you've got like everything is near each other. So like in 48 hours, you can just consume, be gluttonous, uh, get your fan on, root, cheer, rival. It's it's a great time. It's a great time for that. After that, there's a reason it's kind of a convention city or a Big Ten championship city and, and all the athletic events they hold there. Um, it is built for that. And it's a lot of fun. But, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting week just the NFL wide, because you start to get buzz, you start to get the mm -hmm. franchise taggings or non taggings and different. The, oh, trade. Oh, the bears are going to trade the first pick. Who's whispering, who's talking, you know, Derek Carr, where he's going to land. He's meeting with X teams at the combine. You know, we joke about it, Fitzy, but the legal tampering period that doesn't begin for two weeks, mm, the illegal tampering period starts when all these people land at the airport and start hey you want to share a cab over to uh the hotel and then all of a That's sudden on me hop in my hop in my uba uh right. so you so some say it's the franchise tag period opening up that is the beginning of the next business year some could say it's the combine because that's the pre-legal tampering period then there's legal tampering then there's free agency of course uh, trades could happen at any time. So we'll get to exactly what we think the Patriots are into this year's combine for some combine tales and more in the back half. But we move on to a position of interest for the New England Patriots. They're all positions of interest. Come on. But this is one of the primo, as I said, positions of interest as we continue with the offseasonal positional preview, the cornerback spot. Uh, this is, a, I think the combine, Andy, is where in addition to all the tape that the Matt grows, the Bill Belichick's and the many underlings, minions and previous Andy hearts of the organization crushed down to try to find the next diamond in the rough, the next uh, Jonathan Jones, the next JC Jackson, the next Malcolm Butler, the Patriots do a hell of a job of finding cornerbacks that they don't have to spend top dollar and top asset on that deliver top performance. And then ultimately usually go somewhere else to get top dollar. Now, heading into the 2023 season, the New England Patriots are, without a doubt, without a shred of doubt or inquiry whatsoever, the New England Patriots have nothing resembling a true elite shutdown number one top cornerback. Their previous top cornerback of the last season, Jonathan Jones, who was a slot corner who was pushed to the outside out of need, is a free agent looking to probably get anywhere between 12 to $15 million per year. Whether or not he comes back to the Pats, I don't know. Uh, your other corners include Marcus Jones, who I think both of us believe would be much better served, used minimally in the defensive backfield, rather for offensive special packages, his special teams where he was an all-pro this season, especially as a punt returner. You got Jack Jones, who had some beef with Coach Belichick, or rather talked back and then got beefed with by the coach and suspended. He looks like a, he looks like a prize. He looks like a potential building block, but we could have attitude issues. Then you got Jalen Mills, who might have to shift over to free safety 
if Devin McCourty goes gently into that good night afterward. So it's a it, it's a position of need for like they're going to need to address this through free agency and the draft. Let me ask you first: Where do you think the Patriots attack the cornerback position most aggressively in free agency or the draft? Both, and that's the reality: is the cupboard is bare. Um, depending, I mean, I guess you could re-sign Jonathan Jones. I tend to think he may be gone as a top 20-ish free agent on the open market at the age of 30 who played outside. I think his value may go to a place where the Patriots ne don't necessarily want to go uh, at this point in time. And he, he does love the team and the organization, so there's always mm -hmm. that chance. He's one of those, I say this with much uh, endearment, suckers who takes the offer they put on the table and signs it. Um, I would not advise him to do that at this point in his career. Um, but he's been there seven years, like you say. He's a community leader. He was just nominated. Uh, it's not the Ron Burt. Uh, I forget the name of the award, but he was a finalist for an award that Damar Hamlin ultimately won yep. at the NFL Honors. Like this is a and none good of that guy. pays your bills. It does not, and it's not like he's going to accept two for five. I mean, we're not talking about that drastic a hometown discount. But you wonder if the Patriots would want to see him on the outside again this season, if they say, no, we want to go get outside corners through the draft and free agency, we want to shift you back inside. So we're going to now pay you like a top slot corner. Would Jonathan Jones accept that? Uh, no. Uh, well, again, I, I'll, I'd say I wouldn't, if I were him, I would not advise him to, if I were him, if I were his wife, his mother, his father, his agent, whatever, um, I would advise him to get paid at this point in time because you probably don't have a ton of years left at a uh, at a big pay check mm -hmm. uh, the thing that just to put this into perspective so now 17 games in the national football league you start at least two corners mm -hmm. so that's 34 starts you have to fill at cornerback at the very least bare, forget about bare minimum and yes. we're not even talking about sometimes the nickel dime or extravagant secondary based packages teams put out there to deal with the fantasy footballification of the nfl the patriots right now on their roster have 16 combined starts from a year ago 10 Perfect. starts for Jalen Mills four for Marcus Jones two for Jack Jones so what you're saying is you really need some cornerback help and that's why I say both I think you need young I think you need old I think you need veterans with experience maybe a wild card that you throw out there and hope he has something left I think you need to throw some bodies high and low end at the cornerback spot because you know they just I don't see where it's coming from. Uh, Sean Wade, for example, in theory, he should have been a guy that is coming into his own, is going to help. No, he's not. He can't get on the what field. What a bummer. What a like, bummer. This kid, his junior season at Ohio State was a top five cornerback prospect. And then by the time he gets to his senior season, flames out, shifts from the slot to the outside, loses it all uh, gets injured, loses all draft value, and just completely falls apart. And now, like, oh, he's so great that Baltimore takes him late in the draft. They spin him to the Pats for, like, what, a fifth, sixth, or seventh his rookie season? And since then, he's been a bust and hasn't been able to stay on the field. Like, it's a, like, what a, it's not tragic, but it's a, it's disappointing. Yeah. Oh, oh from his perspective, I'm sure it's been probably, um, Borderline unbelievable, like the track he was on. Mm -hmm. We often talk about the Mac track for a quarter of a billion dollar contract. The the Sean Wade track was maybe first round pick, lots of money, cornerbacks, a high price position. Mm -hmm. And now he's relegated to what was the guy's name? Quandry Mosley and Tay Hayes were playing above him late in the year. Ah, like, Tay Hayes. Where were you for the Tay Hayes days? Right. 
in Foxborough. He is, he is no longer with us. Uh, excuse me, he is still of this earth, of course, but he's no he longer died? with the New England. No, he's not with the New England Patriots. He is. Uh, he has been given his release. And um, we, we wish we wish him well with, uh, with the likes of Devontae Bosby, XFL superstar. Damn right. And if I were Tay Hayes and Quandry Mosley, I would call the XFL or the USFL or anything that ended up in FL and see if I can get a job. Hey, you might be looking at future New England Patriots starter A.J. McCarron any given Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday with his 2-0 St. Louis Battlehawks at this point. Oh, boy. Lord can only hope not. If anything, can <laughs> All get right, right now, it's afternoons, Jones and Mego. I'd rather have A.J. McCarron than Mac Jones at this point if we're right talking Bama quarterbacks. <laughs> right up until he puts on a jersey and then they'd rip A.J. McCarron because it's, you know, everything is negative when you're on the afternoon show. Um, uh, but to... Just get back to the cornerback position. Yeah. yeah. This is why, like, doing this, I love doing these sort of um, things because when you put it on paper and you really break it down, you come to realize certain things that maybe when you were superficially looking at it, you didn't know. Mm -hmm. They don't have any cornerbacks. They're, no. You're right. Best you're right. Andy, when we were getting this ready, I thought, like, oh, let's just get through cornerbacks because it's all about line and receiver nope. and safety. This is the biggest thing. No. If, it if you're being honest – this is the biggest need because even at tackle, you can say you have Trent Brown, a pro bowl caliber tackle. When he's on, he can play both tackles, whatever. If you go to wide receiver, you have Devonte Parker. You took a second round wide receiver last year. You have Kendrick Bourne. You have some guy when you're at cornerback, especially us that we've sort of advocated Marcus Jones. You don't really want to lean on him. Well, mm -mm. if you cross him out, you have a guy who finished the year suspended by his head coach, who's never really started much in the NFL, who's a cocky SOB that we hope has S upside, and Jalen Mills, who was never supposed to be a corner, never supposed to be a number one corner. And even Jonathan Jones, if you re-sign him, he struggled at times as an outside number one corner last year. I thought he got exposed as like, yeah, okay, the Peter principle. You, you don't really belong out here with the big boys. You belong on the inside. They have no corners. So whether it's the PFF dream they gave Jamel Dean, the Tampa Bay corner, who's like a top 10 free agent in their minds, to the Patriots. Or whether it's targeting it in the draft at number 14. I won't say need, you have to, because I guess that boxes Bill into a corner. Certainly seems from the outside looking in, they need a high-end corner somewhere, somehow. Uh, Andy, I will tell you right now, as I jump to your particular favorite website, poof, Pro Football Focus, pff.com. They have their listing of the top free agent cornerbacks available. And Jamel Dean, who started last season opposite Carlton Davis in the secondary, the underrated secondary of the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Actually, no, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was no Gronk last season. Uh, he finished with a coverage grade, believe it or not, of 89.9. So no wonder why oh. he's hitting free agency at the right time. Whoa. PFF uh, likes him. Yeah, of course. Well, for the people that get geeked out on these metrics, this is what ends up getting people paid. Then you end up with guys like James Bradbury, uh, who's now going to probably who probably lost millions just because of one ticky tack penalty in the Super Bowl. Uh, the underrated Cam Sutton from Pittsburgh, John Jones from New England, Patrick Peterson, hard pass. I think he's older than you, Andy. Rocky Asin from the Raiders, Byron Murphy from the Cardinals, Marcus Peters. Steph Gilmore, you know, it's not a it's not a banner crop. So that would lead us to believe using the same kind of logic we've talked about in terms of availability at receiver and, and mm -hmm. tight, yeah, as you're putting this whole mosaic, as Bill calls mm -hmm. it together. Uh, do you, collage. Do you go do you go cornerback 
with the first pick because you're probably going to have one of the top corners on the board at 14. Do you go that route? And I know you are of the belief that, yeah, they do a great job developing Mm -hmm. mid and late round and undrafted corners. The top end, the second round picks, the higher picks at cornerback haven't exactly been their strong suit. Would you be uh, a scared as Glenn Ordway used to like to say in the afternoons, would you be scared of a number 14 overall pick at cornerback? As a matter of fact, Andrew, uh, as we have gone back around, in, out, and around the idea of how do you address tackle, receiver, cornerback, we've discussed it here. We've discussed it on the award-winning Fitzy and Hart program on WEI and beyond. Oh, but you haven't – well, you'll see. When you come to the trophy room, it's stacked. We have a trophy room? Where, oh, yeah, you didn't know? Oh, it's, we're no? piling it up. Oh, yeah, no, I've been yeah. waiting for Did the we big take surprise. Roberts? He doesn't need his anymore. They're not collecting any more trophies. Stop it! Trying to bring people in. We're not trying to alienate them. <laughs> uh, we have gone around the idea of how do you get a top-tier tackle, top-tier receiver, and top-tier corner. And or, originally, I think we thought what you would do is draft a corner. I think now we're of the mind that the best way to go about this would be a, you sign a corner, trade for a receiver, and draft a tackle. Or B, I am now into this. My 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 new reconfigured uh, ultimate dream plan for the Patriots from free agency into the draft is sign a top tier tackle, trade for a receiver, draft a corner. You need okay. you need you need a top cornerback that badly that I would rather. I do not believe what what PFF says that they're going to be able to sign both Orlando Brown and Jamel Dean. That just seems cray cray crazy i think you can probably pull off signing a tackle then you have to trade for a good receiver good to very good receiver oh sweet another good to very good receiver to add to the depth chart of if i told you right now by april 30th you would have orlando brown deandre hopkins and joey porter jr on your roster you would say i'm intrigued i'm intrigued by it absolutely you've now thrown some assets and some investment at three top needs. Yes, absolutely. Now, I'll go back to the Hopkins part. That's if Hopkins wants to come here and play for Billy O. And if they can mm-hmm. rehab that relationship, if the the respect between him and Bill Belichick is enough to sort of wipe out the disrespect between him and Bill O'Brien, I'm intrigued by it. I don't know how you could not be. I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if Joey Porter will be a bust. I don't know if, you know... Orlando Brown will get fat and happy once he gets his massive contract. And I don't know if D hop could be proven done. That would be the Adam Jones rundown of the afternoon show. Um, <laughs> why that will fail. Um, I, I like the idea. You know, I've talked a little bit about that. We've talked about how I've kind of, as NBC sports Boston put it, change of heart, H a R T that I was, I figured it out. It was the second you said it, I was already there. As much as I lusted for the T Higgins thing that Teddy Bruschi has finally gotten around uh, to that we've been talking about for, I don't know, four months now on the six. Yeah, a lot of people, by the way, are having some POV changes on who they want to trade for and who they want to draft. I'm telling you, I'm not saying, but I'm also not not saying that people aren't listening and then like take snaking us. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but because that's what you do. I, remember the fidget spinners? that had the three points and you held the middle and you spin it. I have two young boys uh, here in the house. Both of them are sons, fortunately my, of mine. And I, it's not like sure? I stole them. Yeah. I, we, we're going to do Well, they're both science babies. And foolishly enough on the day I made my contribution to the pro to the prospect or rather to the process, 
it was a man who was wearing a New York Jets t-shirt and I had a Patriots shirt on. So I actually probably should get a 23 and me for both. They're way prettier than anything I could have ever possibly produced. So who knows? Anyway, yes, we have lots of fidget spinners around the house because I got two young kids. That's the off season. Like that's, you have to spin it and see, okay, ooh, ooh, mm -hmm. okay, there's my tackle. Each one is a tackle, right. a corner, and a wide receiver. Well, it's it. like pressure luck. No whammies, no whammies. That's all. Anytime Bill Belichick is going to sign somebody, because you get, you know, sometimes you'll get a Hunter Henry. Sometimes you get a John o. Smith. Hunter Henry is like $500. John o. Smith is a whammy. Same thing happens in the draft. And this is where this all begins. And we'll talk about this in the next segment. But the the timeline of free agency. So if you sign Orlando Brown, okay, so you're not taking a tackle at 14. I would presume. I mean, there's no rule saying you couldn't have two elite tackles and, and go that route. Um, but I would think if you sign Orlando Brown, that's a tell on what you're thinking draft-wise and what you're learning this week as you accumulate information on these corners or these tackles or these receivers is maybe influencing, well, no, we don't need to go get Jamel Dean because I think Porter is just as good and he's going to be there at 14, right? Like you're kind of uh -huh. piecing it all together, but the timeline is also a critical aspect of this. The sort of, remember math class when you learned the order of operations, parentheses, mm -hmm. brackets, braces. Well, parentheses, brackets, braces lead you through the combine to free agency and then the draft. Uh, just to sort of put these names, I want I want the, the, the mad fans, the Pats fans, the Foxborough frauds, as you like to call us, who are listening right now. Put these names in your mind. We, you'll see them on our social feeds. You'll hear more about them on this feed when Shime and Andy do six rings and prospect things and give you Ooh, like more that. positional breakdowns of prospects coming forward. You're, you're just, you're just going to get so much about the draft and all these people. You're going to feel like, you know, you're going to feel like really good relatives or best buddies in the neighborhood that you sit around and have driveway beers with. You got Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. And it's kind of a little bit of a, uh, a Yahtzee, like a little snow globe of the top four or five corners. Some say there's a true number one, but you go to any different mock draft or any different positional breakdown, uh, draft guru will have them differently. Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Then you got Cam Smith out of South Carolina, Joey Porter Jr., the aforementioned Penn State player, and Eli Ricks out of Alabama. Those are pretty much your top five corners, all of which are expected to go in the first round of the 2023 draft. So Devin Witherspoon is a guy that uh, Daniel Jeremiah on his massively long pre-combine press conference with the- Is that over yet, by the way? Is he still on the line? I don't think so. It's a little like uh, when Doug Flutie retired, he kept going and going and droning on and on. Uh, but Jeremiah put Witherspoon as a, he listed five guys that were Patriot type players. Uh -huh. And he put Witherspoon on that list as a top corner, as a possibility. I know you've seen plenty of mock drafts with Joey Porter, Junior, um, in that not a role. lot of not a lot of picks in college, but everyone says he's got the size and the intangibles, plus the pedigree, because his dad, Joey Porter Sr., was a talented, allotted NFL player and a bad mofo. On bad man, bad exactly. Mofo. He was yeah. a uh, he was very much in the midst of that Bengals, uh, Steelers, AFC North type games and rivalries. So I I don't necessarily hate that. We've talked about that having a little uh, a little dog in the fight, the Jabril mm -hmm. Peppers dog in the fight. I don't hate that at cornerback, um, but no, Witherspoon's an interesting guy. It'll be it'll be funny on this week unfolds. One of those guys will run a fast forty. One of those guys that you just listed will run a fast mm -hmm. forty, and one will probably run a slow forty, and that'll tweak. Oh boy, he's he's too slow to play corner in the NFL, and it's like, well, not really. Ty Law wasn't really all that fast, and now he's in Canton playing cornerback because you know it's not just about how fast you run the forty. 
Uh, I got I got to tell you the one thing as I just scroll through the grades and the quick write-ups on these guys. No wonder why people are falling in love with Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Porter allowed just 45 yards on 73 coverage snaps across multiple games against Ohio State. In in the past, he was able to erase Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Marvin Harrison Jr. on a number of routes. That's pretty good. Um, those are all. Those are three first-round talents. Chris Olave is good. now part of the going to be a top 10 receiver in the NFL this season. Uh, Garrett Wilson, just one rookie of the year, also might be a top top 10 receiver. And Marvin Harrison Jr., once he finds his way to the league, may also be a top 10 receiver. So pretty, pretty, pretty good. Plus, if they uh, they draft Joey Porter Jr. and those of us who have ridden the red line out towards Tufts University, then we can in our head say, next stop, Porter. Porter. What? You, Andy Andy Hart, the Porter Square of the Six Rings of Football next Things podcast. Porter. Next stop, Potter. Uh, all right, so I think we can both agree, not the greatest free agent crop, definitely a massive position of need, intriguing prospects in the top, and of course, we do have a little bit of a recent history of the Patriots finding later around and undrafted free agents who have contributed significantly, but you can't bank on that. You can't, I, I even, you could, uh, every other year, Belichick, fine. Yeah, I know, but at the same time, if you bank on that, you're going to find yourself uh, on the back end Bankrupt. of- yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fight yeah, exactly. You'll find yourself in Madoff Town. You will be begging for mercy because uh, the offenses in the AFC and the passing attacks that'll be coming at the Patriots this season and beyond are way too good to just hope that some other sixth, seventh round or undrafted free agent makes massive contributions. So, uh, Andy, I'm gonna. I was thinking walking into this, this was gonna be about a six for me. I think I just went from six to nine. This is a massive position of need for the Patriots. Other than six to midnight, like the Rich Keith <laughs> show, uh, yeah, I, I actually uh, gotta get on this. Similar feeling. Uh, came in thinking this was going to be a, a a need, but not a top of the. But I've come. I've got it at ten. I think you need to go all the way. The first ten, ladies and gentlemen, on the offseasonal positional preview. Wow. I because I, I just as I started, I think you need to invest in both free agency and the draft here. I would say. One of your top two free agents has to be a cornerback, and one of your top two draft picks has to be a cornerback. I actually think you need the double dip here um, because I'm not so sure what the Joneses are going to be doing and, and ready for and all that. Plus, as we said, it's not like you need a left tackle. You need one left tackle. Get a left tackle out there. You filled it. When you're at cornerback, you're going to need at least five guys over the course of the year. If you're lucky, if you stay healthy, you're going to need five cornerbacks to play. Um, excuse me, Bill. You don't have three right now. Never mind five. Like, so you got to get adding to the depth chart significantly. So this is a ding, 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 10. A full 10 from Andy Hart. Wow. Let it never be said that when you tune into six rings and football things, we back away from the bold takes, the big predictions, and all of the hot analysis that brings the kids back to the party and keeps them here at the football table. Thanks for listening. Once again, as always, give us a follow at Six Rings Pod, at FitzyGFY, and at Jumbo Heart. We will have another off-seasonal positional preview coming up in just a few days. But right there, ladies and gentlemen, your first 10 out of 10 on the Six Rings Pod interest meter, cornerback, the new top need of the New England Patriots in the 2023 off-season.